to be able to let him go and figure it out and even fail gave him confidence. So it's just knowing when you can step back and cheer them on on the sidelines instead of holding their hand and dragging them along. Life can be experienced as an adventure that each of us navigates in our own way, but none of us do it alone. Whether we're deep in the jungle, hacking our way through the vines, on a trek through the desert, or sailing the high seas, a positive outlook and seeking out the help of others can be crucial to our survival. Welcome back, friends. It's the new year, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we hear an uplifting story from Julie Patterson about sailing the metaphorical ocean of life with her son, Dylan, who is on the autism spectrum. I'll let Julie take it from here. Today, I have the pleasure of giving you a glimpse of what it's like being the mother of a son who is on the autism spectrum. The experience of sailing on the ocean has always struck me as the perfect metaphor for life. Life is sometimes calm like tranquil seas and at times tumultuous like stormy ones. I will use this metaphor to tell you the story of Dylan and me. The ocean will represent the life my son Dylan and I have shared. The boat in which we ride and the other passengers on the boat represent the support we need to get through it. My story starts 29 years ago. I had recently given birth to an amazing 10-pound, 7-ounce, 23-and-a-half-inch long, beautiful son, Dylan. I am holding this precious little miracle in my arms, so incredibly grateful to be his mother. The two of us are standing on a dock overlooking the vast Pacific Ocean. The ocean is glassy, smooth, and warm. I have nothing but big dreams and great hopes of a wonderful future for my son. It's time to pull the anchor up and start our life journey together. The sails glide us along easily, and life is nothing but magical. No sense of any storm brewing in the distance. However, looking back, there were many times in our lives that the seas would get dark, the waves large, the wind would howl. It was at these times we would go back to the shore to search for support. Each time we found help, we welcomed these new people on our boat and would continue our life journey amongst the sea. The first time we had to dock to look for assistance was when Dylan was merely a toddler and he was not babbling and got frustrated and cried easily. His pediatrician didn't seem at all alarmed, but my mother's instinct took over. I knew something was amiss. I did some research and found a speech therapist and occupational therapist to help and support Dylan. We brought these two professionals on our boat, and it wasn't long until Dylan started talking and in turn became less frustrated and much happier. Thus, we were able to sail along calm waters for a while, thinking our worries were over. However, that turned out to not be the case. A few years later, we had to dock and look for help when it became evident Dylan was having trouble connecting with children his age. He so desperately wanted friends, but for some reason he was too anxious to engage with others. At that time, we elicited the help of an adventure guide troop, a soccer team, and a baseball team. We invited these groups on our boat, hoping he would find his tribe of friends. 
having his peers on board worked for a while until it was evident he had trouble sustaining any of these relationships. Dylan would fluctuate between having a great time entertaining himself to being sad and listless when he realized he wasn't like the other boys his age. For Dylan to not have any lasting connection to his peers was heart-wrenching. In those days, the wind on the seas were hardly moving. It was like our boat and the world stopped. Thus, at the age of 11, back to the dock we went. I knew he loved diving off the boat and swimming in the ocean. So swimming is where I turned for Dylan to find a meaning, a purpose, and most of all, connection. I brainstormed ways to get Dylan involved with people his age and came up with two ideas the junior guards program, as well as him joining a swimming team. I felt this would be a great way to pair the thing that made him the most comfortable, swimming, and the thing that made him the most anxious, his peers. Eventually, we welcomed the junior guard squad and swim team onto our boat and headed back out again onto the ocean. We were able to sail for a year or two with steady seas and winds at our backs. Right before Dylan entered high school, I was the one who needed help. Things seemed to be steady with his development. At least things weren't getting worse, but my mental state was in question. In my experience, this happens to a lot of moms with children who have special needs. I had been trying for years to help Dylan find the one thing he wanted the most, a good friend, a buddy. I had failed miserably to make this a reality for him. To be Dylan's main support system was too stressful. The seas became stormy. I lost hope for typical life. And for me to heal mentally, I had to accept the life I had been given. It took me months, a lot of soul searching, and many nights with tear-stained pillowcases to pull myself together. I spoke to friends, found a therapist, and started to exercise. When the seas started to calm again, I brought my friends, my therapist, and my exercise buddies onto the boat with us to make sure in the future I have the support that I needed. It was easy sailing for a few years. However, Dylan and I kept zeroing in on Dylan's passions. He was beginning to take a great interest in movies. While most of the teenage boys would either be playing sports or playing video games, Dylan, not being like a typical teenage boy, would spend his free time watching all kinds of films. He loved the classic ones the most. In eighth grade, Dylan heard about the high school drama teacher coming to audition students for the honors program at high school. This is a vivid memory for me because for the first time, Dylan took initiative. This wasn't me leading him. He was putting himself out there and hoping for success, but knowingly risking failure as well. To audition, he had to sing a song and choreograph a dance around the song which is something he had no experience in. Of course, Dylan turned to a classic movie, Singing in the Rain, for his inspiration. Honestly, I had no idea how his preparation was going for his audition. He wouldn't let me help him. He was on a mission to do this on his own. He borrowed his beloved Papa Don's large green umbrella and sang and danced his way into the honors drama program, not because of anything I did, but because he was determined to be successful. Thus, we welcomed the entire drama department onto our boat. Those high school years were filled with friendships, 
play practices, smooth waters, and if you know any high school drama kids, a lot of loud, hilarious fun. After Dylan graduated from high school, he attended a local college and lived at home. After a couple years, he transferred to the University of the Pacific and finished with a film degree. Dylan worked hard at college and was awarded an editing award the spring of his senior year. I was so proud of him to finally live independently and to be working hard on his own. However, after college, he came home and found quickly how hard it was to find a job, especially in the film business, where you must know how to network as well as being comfortable with rejection. Eventually, Dylan had to settle on a job at a local movie theater and then worked at the Disney store. Unfortunately, he, like many people with his challenges, was underemployed. It didn't take long at all for him to become frustrated that he did all that hard work for an education and was still making minimum wage working part-time. Not having any career opportunities, we docked the boat again. I had heard of a vocational school, Exceptional Minds, from one of my very dear friends. Exceptional Minds is a school where young adults on the autism spectrum are taught skills that can launch careers and animation and the digital arts. Over the years, I had kept Exceptional Minds on my list of backups just in case the film degree didn't lead to Dylan finding employment. Thus, after a couple of minimum wage, part-time jobs, it was time to try another pathway. Dylan applied to the full-time three-year program at Exceptional Minds and was accepted. I am so proud to say that he is in his third and final year. He has found a group of friends at Exceptional Minds and is learning how to navigate visual effects software. Currently, Dylan is looking for and applying to internships. Fortunately for us, we were able to welcome the Exceptional Minds community onto our boat today. I'm happy to say that after 29 years, my dreams for Dylan are becoming a reality. Dylan's future is waiting for him because of so many things. All the support systems we have found for him over the years, my ability to find the help I required to continue being the mother he needed. But most of all, for Dylan's ability to keep trying new things and persevering. He is becoming an independent adult and he doesn't need me on his boat anymore. He has found friends that love and understand him and the hope of a career which will not only financially sustain him, but give him a sense of purpose and community. I am so happy to say that finally Dylan has all the people and resources he needs to keep his boat upright. So now I found myself back at the dock where this story started. However, the story has changed. Imagine it's sunset. Dylan's boat leaves the dock without me on board. I can finally rest knowing he's going to be okay. I watch as Dylan's boat, his friends, his support system drift away. I send my prayers, wave goodbye in his direction as his boat sails in soft warm winds and calm waters.
To me, this is such a hopeful story and reminder that even if the journey is hard right now, if you keep your heart open to seeing the helpers around you and inviting them over and over into your boat, things can get better. I know that all the people that are in our family's life that help support Ryan and therefore support us and therefore support We Are Brave together are critical. And it's hard to ask for help and it's hard to seek out help and it's hard to trust new people. But I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't seek out all those helpers and all those supporters in my life. And I encourage you to do the same. Please make sure that you are inviting more and more people onto your boat. Hi, Julie. Happy New Year. Welcome to Brave Together podcast. Thanks, Jessica. Happy New Year to you too. I hope your holidays were wonderful. Yes, yes. You know, it's a mixed bag when you have a child at home during the break 24-7. So uh, we just try to make the most of it. It's definitely gotten easier, the breaks, than when Ryan was little and the kids were little. So I am grateful for that. I hope you had a wonderful holiday too. Yes, it was wonderful. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And I so loved your story when I heard it last year at the Special Children's League big gala, big fundraiser, and was so proud of you because I know it's not necessarily like you're not, you know, raising your hand to get up in front of a crowd (laughs) of several hundred people to share your story. And it was just so beautifully written. And, and even when you, you sent it in to me and I read it. And then when I listened to you share your story again on the recording, I just got so touched and so choked up. And I just think it's such a beautiful description of your journey and Dylan's journey. And I just really wanted our our moms to hear it. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Actually, it was therapeutic for me. When I was writing it, it took me two weeks and I went into some really dark places writing that, but it was good because it got it out. So many times as mothers with special needs children, we stuff things down because we're so busy and we just don't deal with those emotions. So it was helpful for me to be able to go through that process. That's so good. Did you hear that, moms? It was therapeutic to write and share her story. I agree. I mean, that's why I started writing many, many years ago. It just felt so good to get it out. I don't think I got everything out of my body that I needed to, but it definitely was. It definitely was very cathartic and very, very helpful to express mm-hmm. what's what's been going on or share right. little stories from from it all. So I love how you did this whole sailing boat, ocean, the dock metaphor. How did you come up with that? I always feel like when I'm having tough times, I love to go to the ocean. And I, when I was in the trenches, when we go in the trenches with Dylan's challenges, I always just think of me being swimming in the ocean and the waves just crashing over me. I catch my breath. It keeps crashing and it keeps crashing. So I've always just thought, feel that feeling when I'm in the trenches with those challenges. And it's just something I always think of. Metaphors is the way I, metaphors, puns, whatever, <laughs> the yeah. way I live my life. So it just, it brings it all together and home to me as far as the way I look at the way the world works. And so you talk through your story about docking and inviting, well, docking meaning there were halts to 
the journey and then inviting people onto the boat with you. So how was that process for you finding what you needed? Because it seems throughout the story that you were able to find what Dylan needed, but I know there's like a lot of nuts and bolts and tears and phone calls and research that goes into finding what he needed in each step of the journey. It's a lot of networking and finding people you can trust. And it it's trial and error, actually. You know, a lot of times we try things as moms thinking that um, it's going to work out and it doesn't, and you just need to try something different. Currently, we're um, so... The story ends with him on his boat on his own and he's there and it's so great. But currently I'm looking for a dating coach for him because he's very interested in dating and that's a whole new challenge. So I'm back there trying to figure out the best way to get support for him in that area. So it it just continues, but it's great. And are there dating coaches for adults with disabilities? Like, where do you find a dating coach? Or is it, are there just dating coaches in general that you can seek out to help? There are dating coaches that deal with individuals on the autism spectrum, behavioralists mainly that are used to working with individuals. And I'm just in the process of weeding through and Dylan is in going to help me with that. I talked to him last night. He's very encouraged to talk to somebody. It's been a long journey for him. It's just the next piece in the puzzle of him being more independent and finding his person. So, And how does that feel for you, mom? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's the one thing I think as mothers with special needs children, we want. We want our children to have connections with friends, with their support people around them. That's a connection too. But to find somebody that can sustain him when I'm gone, I mean, that is just something I've always just wanted like in my core. And I think if that happens in the future, I will just be able to really breathe a sigh of relief because it's a lot being the support system for your child forever. So. And how old is Dylan now? He'll be 29 in a week. Wow. And you've obviously shared this story that you've written with Dylan, right? And what does he say? He, when I asked him before I even wrote it, because I needed to get his permission to even write anything down, he's proud of it because he's done all the work in the story. He was, I believe, the nature versus nurture, you know, which isn't, I believe in my personal experience that it's both, but he was born with a personality that we'll just keep trying. And it's nothing that I, of course, I encouraged it. I positively reinforced it along the way, but um, we've been, I'm very grateful that he was born with that because it's made it a lot easier for me Mm -hmm. and our family. So he's willing to try new things. He's open to new possibilities and new adventures or new programs or new groups, or that's not hard for him or there is a little bit of a anxiety going into those new situations? There's definitely anxiety going in those situations, but he doesn't keep himself from entering them. If I think about it too much about his anxiety level, I'm very empathic. And if I think about how he feels too much, I would just stall. And I wouldn't encourage those kind of things for him because I know it's hard. I mean, every day these individuals get up and I just feel like they're lying in bed and 
just to get out of bed and deal with the anxiety that they're dealing with all day long is just heart-wrenching for me to really comprehend it. It's, it's tough. But, you know, it's, it's a big push of how much you can encourage your child to go out of their comfort zone without causing so much anxiety that they retreat. And then you, you know, you take two steps back and you're having to start all over again. It's a dance. It is a dance. It is a dance. And it's like finding, that's like the million dollar question. It's like finding that balance between pushing for possibility, Mm -hmm. opening doors, but then also just how anxiety provoking that that can be. And do I push my child to do this because I know on the other side, it's going to be good and and he'll be grateful or he'll be glad that he got there. Or do we just stay cozy inside? It's it's hard. And then you add the mother's empathic heart, like you, you know, said, and it's, uh, it's so hard to know. It's so hard to know. Looking back, is there anything in particular, like, I am so glad I did this. I am so glad I did not do this. Like, what would you want moms who are earlier in their journey with their kids? So their kids are younger. Let's imagine an audience. I mean, we have a wide variety of moms in our audience, but is there anything that you would want to make sure that you tell moms who are younger, earlier in their journey? Oh, there's several things, but I think (laughs) the thing, (laughs) I think the thing most that I was glad I was able to do is to let go of a lot of things and to let him figuring out on his own. Now, granted, he is in a different situation than a lot of moms that come to your group because he's, he functions almost like a typical person, but he's not like he drives, but that was another thing. I mean, you just have to push him to come out of his comfort zone to do, but I think letting go the times when I thought he could do it on his own to be able to let him go and figure it out and even fail and go through that process gave him confidence. I mean, the minute we step in and take care of all their needs all the time, we're whittling away at their confidence and their independence a little bit. So it's just knowing when you can step back and cheer them on, on the sidelines, instead of holding their hand and dragging them along. That's so good. That's good for me to hear because I, I feel like I do so, I I do so much for Ryan and it's time for me to let go of some things and teach him more independent skills. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to let go. It's hard because a lot of times it's so much easier for us to do it, right? It's so much easier for us to do it. And we know that it's going to be done in a fashion that we agree with. What I've learned is that the way he wants to do something is completely different the way I would do it. And I had to be okay to let go and let him do it his way and develop himself away from me. Just breaking the ties a little bit. It's tough. Very tough. Very tough. And what is your relationship with Dylan like today? We're very close. He comes to me for support and we're close, but we're very separate as well. I mean, he's living on his own now and I talk to him a couple times a week. I try not to get in his business too much, but when he has a rough day, he'll call and we'll talk through things. He has support systems. He has a therapist he's had for years. So he's in a good place where I can feel I can let go a little bit, but He's my buddy. He'll always be my buddy. And I'm so proud of what he's been able to accomplish. And looking back, I mean, are you surprised at his trajectory or his success? Like, you know, years ago, was it hard to see that or could you see that? No. I mean, he didn't talk till he was three. He couldn't hold a pencil when he was five. 
he didn't qualify for special ed at first until middle school. And I remember in an IEP, the teacher telling me that he wouldn't go to college. And special needs moms always get those messages, right? We hear them all the time, what people think our children can do. And you just have to know in your heart that there's so many possibilities out there for all of them. And they can grow and they can be independent and they can have confidence and hopefully find their people and their person eventually. And they've got a great life ahead of them. We just have to hold on to that belief and that hope. That's beautiful. And it's so true. Thank you for that. I think that's going to be very inspirational to our listeners and, and to me. I need to hear this too. And Ryan's 19. So I appreciate it. Thank well, you. I appreciate you, Jessica, and everything you're doing for all the wonderful moms out there. Keep up the good fight. Take care of yourselves. We're all worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Julie, so much for putting yourself out there and letting me have your story and okay. and our moms have your story. And I'm so happy for you and I'm so happy for Dylan. I know it has not been a straight path. I know it hasn't been an easy journey, but it's just beautiful what has come to be for him. Yeah, it is. I'm so grateful every single day. Thanks so much for listening today. Do us a favor and leave us a review and a rating so that this podcast can get into the ears and the hearts of more and more moms. Did you know that Brave Together Podcast is an extension of our nonprofit organization called We Are Brave Together? We Are Brave Together serves an international community of caregiving moms by offering support groups that are virtual and in-person, educational resources, and low-cost weekend retreats. And we offer retreat scholarships. We represent all 50 of the United States and 21 countries around the world. We are here to remind you that you are not alone, you are braver and stronger than you think, and that girlfriends who get you are sacred and mandatory. To join us today, go to wearebravetogether.org. Our support and sisterhood await you.